Hello and welcome to the Grace Avenue Church Podcast. As you listen to this message, I pray that you're built up, encouraged through God's Word, and I pray that His Holy Spirit leads you and guides you in the way that you should go. I pray that He gives you answers for your questions, healing and help for your life. Most importantly, I pray that this Word helps you to become more like Jesus and a greater influence for Him in our church and in your world. Now, let's grow together. Enjoy the message. Good morning. Welcome to our last Sunday in this building. God has done some great things in this place over the last two and a half years. Can we just give God thanks for what he's done? Marriages have been restored. Lives have been impacted. People have been saved. We've seen God do mighty things, mighty, mighty things in this last season. You know, Grace Avenue has several seasons throughout its history since its inception uh, 12, 13 years ago. And so this is the closing of one chapter, and we're stepping into another one. And we're excited about what God is doing. We're following him. So uh, I'm excited today. As you can tell, my voice is shot. Uh, and I'm glad I don't have to try and carry the rest of this, this service today because I wouldn't make it. <laughs> uh, but today I'm so honored that someone who I consider a dear friend, uh, someone I believe who's not only anointed but appointed here in the, for this city uh, to shake things up and to bring some things into alignment. Uh, I'll, let you t I'll let him tell you a little bit more about himself, but he's a great friend. I've known him probably a little over 15 years. We go way back, and um, I knew him when he was a, he's a younger man, and, and he's grown through the years as a minister, a leader, a pastor, a father, a husband, and I'm just so honored that he's bringing the word here today to Grace Avenue. So do me a favor, church. We like to give honor where honor is due, as the Bible instructs us to. So would you stand up with me, and would you honor Pastor Jacob as he brings the word? Jacob Diaz. Just bless the Lord right where you're at. Just tell the Lord it's good to be in the house. I'm here. Tell him, tell him I'm hungry. Just tell him I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm hungry, Lord. <laughs> you may be seated. It's good to be with you on y'all's last Sunday. It, like Pastor Daniel said, man, I want to honor him and his amazing wife, Janelle. You guys have been such dear friends to me and, and my wife, to our family, um, to the to the church that God has called us uh, to lead and and uh, man I just I think I think at some point we'll be able to sit down and kind of track just the timeline of God doing what he's done knowing knowing what was gonna gonna be the need way out in front before we ever arrived to it but knowing that he already had it covered and you guys were a part of that and so I honored you guys and love y'all and bless you for that um, I, I pastor a work in the city called Kingdom Legacy Worship Center. Some of my team here sitting on the front, I love you guys. Thank you for being with us. Um, Y'all already know. Um, <laughs> man, I don't want to waste any time. I have a word I believe that the Lord brought me to, to, to deliver and share and, and stir your faith with this morning. So I've got one chapter, I've got one verse, but I got a lot more to say than just that. <laughs> but let's read that text. Either way, it's in Joshua chapter 3. Verse 17, it's on the screen behind me. It says, And then the priest who bore the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan. The Jordan is a river, and all Israel crossed over. An entire nation is crossing over on dry ground. This is, this is no different a miracle than the miracle of Moses leading the children of Israel through the Red Sea. This is, this is miraculous what's happening until all the people had crossed completely over the Jordan. So, so, so the, the, the river stayed dry and it was separated and, until everyone crossed over. God, God, God waited and made time for everyone to cross over. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this word that is true. We ask that you give us revelation and understanding today from it and give us the faith to walk in the application of it today. In Jesus' name, we pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. I want to use for a subject, crossing over. Crossing over. One of the greatest lessons in my life that I've learned when it comes to seasons and times of transition would be that you never build a house when you're meant to be living in a tent. And, I, and I'm going to expound on that. When, when you look at the children of Israel traveling through the wilderness, 
They were traveling through the wilderness with the hope of a promise that, that when they got into the promised land, God was going to give them houses, not tents, that they did not build, vineyards that they did not plant, and wells that they did not dig. And sometimes God has to take us through a refining wilderness season to make us ready for the promised land. The wilderness isn't to weary you, it's to ready you. It's, it's important to understand that the wilderness is for your benefit. The last thing you want to do is show up to a place that, that promise made you and, and, and empowered you to walk, but, but you don't have the character to stay standing there. The, the, the gifts and the, and the callings of God are without repentance, the Bible says. Gifts, gifts are a byproduct of you being filled with the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit takes the cultivation, the, the cultivating process of the Spirit of God dwelling in you and changing your character. So you get saved in an instant. You get saved, you're born again, boom. There's something, there's something that theology calls a regeneration of the Spirit. It happens in a moment, boom, it's done. But that doesn't mean your character is transformed. <laughs> you saved, but you're still being sanctified. You're not sanctified all the way yet. Some of us got a lot of work to do. Some of us, but but I need I need to encourage somebody with this thought. It's not your work to do. It's the Holy Spirit's. It's your responsibility to posture. God have your way. God, have your way. When the children of Israel were traveling through the wilderness, it was the presence of God that was the, 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 the priority. It, it had to be the presence of God. It was the thing that guided them through that season of transition. And, and, and it, was, it, was, it was in the form of a, a pillar of fire by night that kept them warm and a cloud by day that kept the sun off of them. This is what represented the presence of God. And, and, and every time those things began to move, they knew it was time to tear their tents down and get their families moving. They, they, don't, don't settle, in other words. Don't, don't, don't get too comfortable in, 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 in a place that God might have you that's only temporary. And you might be enjoying the presence of God in that place. And you might have testimonies from being in that place. But when God's presence moves, don't you be married to the place. Be married to his presence. One of the few furnishings that, that would actually belong in a house that would have been found in the wilderness, ironically, would have been a table. And, and it almost doesn't make sense. It's like, man, how, how you got a tent you're living in, but when you sit down, you sit at a dining table. The reason for that is because it's where they celebrated the Passover and had communion with God. What is God trying to say to you and I when we're going through seasons of transition? It, it, it doesn't matter where you're at. You always have time for communion and fellowship with your Father. You always have time to sit at the table that He has prepared for you. It doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter where you're going. Communion with your Father should be your greatest priority. Are you with me? Verse 1. Now, now here's, here's Joshua with all of the children of Israel, and they're camping at the Jordan, and they're staying there for a few days. And, and, and scholars tell us that there probably would have been millions. That's a lot of people to be responsible for. So, so you can already feel pressure. And I got, you know, you, you almost feel a pressure when, when you're a husband and you're a wife and, and you're responsible for each other. And it increases a little bit when you become a father and a mother and then you're responsible for little people. And then when you become a leader and you realize God's called you to lead more than your own home, you start to feel those pressures. What do you do when that happens? You better focus on the presence of God. The presence of God better be your focus, especially if people move when you move. If people move when you move, it better be you moving because God's moving you. Think about this for a moment. They lodged at the Jordan before crossing over. Joshua's officers did as they were commanded, and after three days, they instructed the people to go after the ark 
of the covenant. When they saw the Levites and the priests carrying what represented the manifest presence of God in the earth, which is to say, when you see God move, you move. And, 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 and the officers told the Israelites, go after it. When you see the ark move, go after it. Let me tell you what they didn't say. They didn't say go after the promise of God. They didn't say go after their purpose. They didn't say go after the blessings. They didn't say go after breakthrough or anything else for that matter. They said go after the presence of God. And, and this is sometimes where we miss it because we're taught to go after stuff. Because God, we, we assume that God is in stuff. And if I have stuff, that means that God is for me. When in fact, Moses told God when contending with him about the promised land, he said, look, if your presence doesn't go with us, how will we be distinguished from everybody else in the world? People will know that you're with us if your presence is with us. And if you're not going with us to the promised land, we'd rather stay with your presence in the wilderness. That's how much of a priority his presence should be to you and I. They were told to go after the presence of God. And this wasn't some new revelation. Joshua is taking the mantle that was passed from him from Moses. And, and Moses taught them, this is the, the presence of God is our priority. And here is Joshua, they're at the Jordan, and he's commanding the people to, to ready themselves, to consecrate yourself. He says, sanctify yourself. Get yourself ready. Get yourself ready because you're about to cross into a place you've never been before. In the wilderness, they moved every time God moved. They didn't settle, they didn't get comfortable, they didn't grow complacent. They moved when God moved. We can never become so settled in the place that God has us that God can't tell us to move if it's time to move again. That's, that's, where, that's where that should be. If God, man, that place looks good. And I think, I, should, I think I'll go and settle right there for a little bit. I'll go check, look at all these opportunities. No, we are the people of God and we ask our Father first. And if it's God, then we go. We don't go after what, man, I, look, I've been telling my church and I've been telling believers this for years. Good will always be a greater enemy to the people of God than evil ever will be. Look at Eve when she was at that tree. Man, that looks good. How, look, how many of y'all have ever been in relationships that you got yourself into because he looked good, she looked good, and you looked at it. Come on, y'all need to talk to me. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You got a testimony, man. Good isn't always God. Just because it looks good doesn't mean it's God. It'd be good to stay here. It'd be good to do this. It'd be good to just pastor do it this way. Good is not always God. I don't look for what's good. I look for what's God. And that means your priority is the presence of God. These were the indicators in the wilderness. It was the presence of God, the, the cloud by day, the fire by night. This was the, it was the Ark of the Covenant. They were told, when you see the Ark move, go after it. But stay 2,000 cubits behind it. That, that, that's, that's the length of 10 football fields. That's a good distance away. I mean, think about, think about, think about what you can see. After, you know, I, I can barely read certain scriptures that go on the screen. Think about 10 football fields. When you see this thing moving, you can start moving. But why the distance? I want to give you two reasons why they were instructed to keep this distance. Because they needed to relearn the fear of the Lord. I need to learn how to reverence the presence of God again. I need to learn how to honor the presence. It was Moses who had his first encounter with God. Take off your shoes. This is holy ground. We, 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 we step into that space and it's like, well, well, you know, that's just religious. Ah, that, I, don't, I don't see anywhere from the Old Testament to the New Testament that we were supposed to lose a healthy fear of the Lord. The Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's just the beginning. It's not even the whole. It's where it starts. It's the fear of the Lord. The Bible says that the Spirit of God in Isaiah would be upon him and his delight would be the fear of the Lord. Think about that, my delight. What do you delight in? I delight in honoring my Father. 
I delight in honoring and revering God in my life, in my home, in my family, in my health, in my finances. I have a fear of the Lord. And the fear of the Lord is my, it's my filter for everything that I do, for my relationships, for the vision that God gives me, for my calling, for how I study and how I walk and how I talk and how I husband and how I father. In all of the things I do, it's the fear of the Lord. Some of us are missing the fear of the Lord. It's why we can behave certain ways. It's why we, we think it's okay to walk a certain way. Man, I, think, I, I often think, Pastor, when, when, when I'm preaching, what if, what if Jesus walked into the room while I was preaching? Would I be embarrassed because of what I was telling everybody? Would, 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 would everybody be able to quickly identify him because of how well I've articulated who he is and the description that I've given? That's him. That can't be none other than the one that you've constantly put an emphasis on. That has to be the presence of God because the moment he walked in, strongholds started breaking. Burdens started lifting. Blind eyes started to open. Dead things started to come back to life. And I feel chains fall off when that one walks into the room. That's the presence of God. The second thing that they needed to learn was, was this simple truth. You're about to walk where you've never been. You're about to walk where you've never been. One of the greatest obstacles for believers to overcome when it comes to new places God wants to take you is when you lean on the obstacle of your experience. How long have you been a Christian? That might be your greatest enemy. Oh, I've been in church a long time. That might be your biggest problem. <sighs> You've gotten really good at, at knowing how to have church. Maybe, maybe you need to get better at learning how to be the church. And the church is mobile. I need you to understand the church is active. You don't come. Did you know that you're meant to be here so that the pastors of this house can fulfill their ministry? Do you know what their ministry is? Equipping you for yours. That's the Bible. I gave some gifts. Apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, teachers. For what reason? For equipping saints for the work of the ministry. For what reason? To bring you to maturity into Christ who is the head. That, that's their purpose. That's them fulfilling their ministry. Ministry is not you coming and participating by sitting your behind in a chair and throwing money at their gift. You've got ministry. Paul tells us we have all been given the ministry of reconciliation. Who have you won to the Lord in the last year? Reconcile. Come on, I'm preaching better than you guys are helping me right now. Are you with me, Chan? Are you with me, Grace? If God has taken you to new places you've never walked, and you've never been, and, and, it's, and it's foreign, the worst thing you can do is lean on where you've been before. When, when the Jordan you're about to cross is something you've never crossed before, it requires fresh faith, a fresh trust in the Lord. For, for that, that I'm, I'm telling you right now, that is what you're going to need the most. God, I trust you. God, I trust you. It, what do you do when your circumstance is louder than your faith? Because that happens. I've been praying, I've been believing, and I've been trusting, and I've been proclaiming, and I've been confessing, and I've been even doing the 90s word of faith thing, and it still ain't changing a thing for me. And I've been trying, and I've been fasting and sweating and bleeding, and nothing's happening. Do you trust him? And we need a Daniel, we, we need a Daniel kind of faith. We need a we need a Meshach, a, a Radshach, and a Bendico kind of faith that, that can say, you know what? I don't care even if my God doesn't come through. I still believe. I still won't bend my knee to this thing in front of me. I know my God is able. But if it means God has to deliver me while staying in it, sometimes see, we don't like that. We like breakthrough, we don't like breaking in. We always want to break out. We always want to break through. We always want deliverance. We don't want freedom while we're still in the thing we're walking in. 
But sometimes God wants you in the fire so you can really learn how to dance. So you can really know what freedom is. He doesn't want you being religious and only being able to trust Him if He performs the miracle you asked Him for the way you asked Him to do it. That's not trust. God, I trust you. Wherever you go, I will follow. I'm, I'm here for your presence. I am the son. I am the clay. You are the potter. God, I trust you. Are you with me, Grace? This is why we're instructed to consecrate, consecrate. You've never been here before, so get ready. Get ready. You have to get your heart and mind ready like Paul the apostle told the Roman church. If you want real transformation... To know the unknown perfect will of God for your life, it starts with no longer being conformed to the patterns of this world, the broken patterns of this world, and it means you being able to renew the way you think. This is why Jesus' message started with the word repent. We can't look. It's hard. It's hard to understand what it means to be given a role that has a function in a kingdom when we're used to being able to vote for whatever we want. This is, not, this is a theocracy. There's a difference between that and a democracy. Well, you just vote them in and then you just vote them out. Whatever you want. Just find the person that lines up the most with what you believe and we'll make our faith all about our politics and we'll call it kingdom. Show me that in the Bible. Show me that in the Bible. Jesus didn't, what, you show me a single conversation where when Jesus preached the kingdom, he spoke to the politics and the culture that was corrupting what, what, what he was trying to do in advancing the kingdom. Look, look man, let the, let, let, let's see, let Caesar do what he's going to do. And whatever you got to do for that, that's fine. Preach the kingdom. Preach the kingdom. My cousin's in jail. You need to know. Man, he wants to know if you're the one that should come or should we look for someone else. He's about to be beheaded. What did Jesus do? He looked at John's disciples and he said, tell them everything you see me about to do next. What did he do? He went and laid hands on the sick, watched them recover. He went and raised dead men back to life. He went and cast out devils. He preached the kingdom. Stay focused. Change the way we think. we got to change the way we think, especially if we've never been this way before. Joshua told the priests to take up the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God, and you let them cross over first. This is probably my favorite part in Joshua chapter 3. He didn't tell the soldiers to go first. He, he didn't tell engineers that, that would have had a plan for how to build a bridge, and that's how they would cross. He sent, he sent the people that would carry the presence of God first. That's what he sent. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Going to Jericho. March around this thing. A little trumpet. So I'm going to fight with. Gideon, I want you a little clay pot. Put a little candle in it. You're going to go around. I'm going to make this. It doesn't make sense, but it requires faith. It requires trust. You have to know that, that if it doesn't make sense to you, it might just be the faith you need. He didn't, tell, he didn't tell anybody else other than the ones that carried the presence of God. You go first. It was during the time of the presence of God going before the people under Joshua's command that God affirmed. God affirmed Joshua to the entire nation. And he did it with his presence. He did it, man. We've got... I'm going to meddle. I'm going to meddle. We, we, we have social media. They didn't have social media back then. You don't need your father to affirm you. You can create an account for yourself and call you prophet whatever you want. And you can affirm yourself. That doesn't mean God's presence is with you though to walk in that thing. Trust me, the last thing you want to do is, is appoint yourself to cast out a devil God had never anointed you for. You don't believe me, go study the book of Acts and go read a story about the seven sons of Sceva. Oh, we, we cast you out in the name of the Jesus that that guy Paul talks about. I don't even know him. But I know he's, I know he's powerful, though, so come on out. And gee, no, 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 don't, don't, don't do that. He stripped them all naked, beat them, sent them into the streets, a laughingstock. If you're doing it, let it be your Father that affirms you. When God is in it, you don't have to announce yourself. God will do it. God will affirm you. God will make it plain to everybody the anointing that he has set for your life. It's important to note. 
It's important for us to note that it wasn't, it wasn't Joshua's military prowess. It wasn't his gifting. It wasn't his charisma. It was God's presence that affirmed him as, as the man that would take Moses' place and lead the children of Israel into the promised land. Joshua called the children of Israel together one last time before they crossed, and this is so important. When crossing over a Jordan... When, when, when transitioning from, from one space and time in life and one season out of that thing into a new one that you've never been in before, you better have a word from God. The Bible says that Joshua called them together to hear the word of the Lord. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing the word of God and they were in need of faith because when crossing you can't lean on your own strength. You can't lean on your own understanding. The Bible says to, 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 to acknowledge Him in all of your ways. Lean not on your understanding. He'll direct your steps. Man, we, we chop up the Scripture, though. Oh, God will direct my steps. Yeah, but there's a few other steps to that step. <laughs> He'll direct your steps, but it says, Lean not on your own. Acknowledge Him in all and this is where we miss it. Look, I promise you, if you look at all of the areas in your life right now that you've acknowledged Him, those are the most blessed. The areas where you hide, those are the ones you struggle the most. It, you, how many of I'm telling the truth? You know, I'll start with me if you guys aren't going to be honest with me this morning. <laughs> and my wife will get right behind me and shout amen. Lord Jesus. They were, they were going to need faith knowing that they, they were going to have enemies waiting for them in the promised land. Do you realize that the promised land sometimes comes with opposition? Sometimes your promises come with an assigned enemy that's trying to keep you from being able to get your hands on the promise. And the Bible says that God told them, look, I'm going to go before you. I'm going to cross over into the promised land, and I'm going to deal with the Canaanites, the Hittites, all the Hivites, Perizzites, Gergesites, Jebusites, and every other ite on top of that. I'm going to go before do you, you. Do you realize something, though? It, later in Joshua, God tells them, but I'm not going to deal with all of your enemies. I'm going to leave a few because I'm going to use those few to try you to prove you, to refine you further, to see if you've truly learned to depend fully on me. I, you know, God, some, he's a master at, I, I overcome this, I overcome that, and everything is fine. Why is this thing still there? Maybe he's proven. Maybe he's trying. Maybe he's trying to make you ready for the place he's called you to take authority. They got into the promised land and took ground. They got, they took it. Caleb said, man, I feel at 80 like I did at 40. That mountain right there, Joshua, that one's mine, the one with all the giants on it. They didn't get into the promised land. Man, I'm so tired. 40 years, 40 years. I just want my house. Where's my well I didn't dig? Where's, where's my vineyard I didn't have to plant? Where's my house someone else built? I'm so tired. I was telling pastor this the other day. Sometimes we just want to be in the promised land because we're tired of the wilderness. Not because we're ready for it. I'm just tired of being here, pastor. I just, just waiting on Jesus. Ah, he's waiting on you. He's waiting on Jesus. He's waiting on you. you. You've made so many other things your priority. And he's looking at you and saying, where am I in you? Do you realize that we've all been given the privilege? Man, this is a shadow and a type of everything we have access today because of the cross. The, the works of the devil have been destroyed. All he can do today is lie and accuse. But he, he's good at it. He's been, he's been doing it for a minute. And we listen to this nonsense. And I don't, I don't, well, maybe I'm not qualified. And maybe I'm not supposed to be that. And maybe I don't have what it takes to cross over and do this thing. Why are you listening to nonsense? Man, I, man, I want to have a conversation with Adam when I get to heaven. Where was your wife at, dude? This whole thing could have been avoided. You were the first Adam. We, didn't, we could have gone without a second one. Jesus could have stayed the son. It could have been good. We'd be all right. What was your wife doing talking to a snake in the first place? <laughs> uh, 
it, I mean, we, we, we can really break this down and just make, I need a word. I need a word. Jesus said that, that when it comes to the parable of the sower of the seed, sometimes the enemy is able to take it because those that receive it with zeal because they don't understand it. You don't just need a knowledge of the Scripture. You need to understand what God's Word says to you. She didn't understand the Word, so Satan could twist it, pervert it, and give it right back to her. And she's like, oh, maybe I will be like God, when she already was. We don't understand, and sometimes that's why the Bible says God's people perish because of a lack of knowledge. Man, what you don't know will hurt you if you're not careful. This is something that I want us to be encouraged with, and I'm getting ready to, I'm getting ready to land this thing, and I want us to pray. God always goes first. Wherever your next is, God's already there. Whatever your next is, whatever God's promises, wherever he's taking you, He's already, he's already there. He's already there. He's already there. God always goes before us. And He makes every crooked way straight. He makes every rough surface smooth. He makes a road for us in the wilderness and a river in the desert. He goes before us. And He's our rear guard. What do I have to be afraid of? He's for me. Not only is He for me, because of the cross, He's in me. And greater is He that is in me than he that is in this world. I'm a man of faith and I trust God. I'm not following after His presence. I carry His presence. He's with me on the inside. My responsibility is to focus on abiding. This is why Jesus said, Abide in me and I in you. I, I am the vine, you are the branches. And, and my Father is the husbandman. You don't, did you realize you don't have to focus on production? You don't have to focus on fruit. You have to focus on abiding. If you abide the way you're supposed to, fruit is a byproduct. I don't, I don't need to, oh, that's going to be a fruitful Christian, fruitful Christian. Nah, I'll be abiding Christian, abiding Christian. You don't even need to make yourself holy. Man, I suck. I don't want to suck no more. I don't want to, in Jesus' name, I don't want to suck. In Jesus' name, I don't want <laughs> you ever hear? You ever hear the expression, look there, go there? Sometimes we, we keep hitting the wrong target because our prayers are consumed with the man or the woman we don't want to be anymore. Instead of filling up with the word that God gives us for the man or the woman you're supposed to be. Look there, go there. That's what sin means, missing the mark. What is the mark? Don't focus on what you're trying to miss. Focus on the bullseye. Abide, abide, abide. He goes before us. He, he, he made 2020 did something in our country. It shifted all kinds of stuff. And it, and it really showed us where our faith was really at. How much our faith was in us. How much our faith was in government. How much our faith was in this, that, and the other. But I'll tell you that God was in 2020 when we were in 2019. And he was going before us and he saw it happening. He saw COVID happening. He saw what was happening. He sees everything happening behind every closed door. In every dark space. He saw my son when my wife and I weren't anticipating having a child with special needs. And the day that he was born, he has Down syndrome, traces of leukemia, low blood platelets, uh, malformation of the brain and a hole in his heart. And, and our faith is being bombarded with, God, what are you doing? This is not the plan. But I trust you. But I trust you. And it's hard sometimes. It's hard sometimes. God, I trust you. This is what we talked about. God, we're just, I battle. at that point, I'd preached all around the world. At that point, I'd preached in, in, in the UK, in, in, in Canada, in South America, uh, all over our, God, God, I'm your man of faith and power, and I've seen you heal the sick. Why won't you heal my boy? What do we do when God's grace says no? The way God's grace told Paul no about that thorn. See, we don't like to talk about that kind of grace. Oh, no. no. Grace of grounds better. Yeah, sometimes grace says no, and he says no three times. My grace is the answer for where you're walking. I mean, think about, think about what God is trying to put in us, what he's trying to make us ready for. My, my God was there before my son was born with all those challenges. When he was having 50 to 60 seizures a day, God was already there, and he also knew he would heal him of a deadly disease that doctors told me was 
something that the world was 0.03% of the world. He told me it was like winning the lottery. He's got Down syndrome. Six months later, he's diagnosed with Linus Gastaut. And he says, Jake, this, this has nothing to do with Down syndrome. What do you think my response was? What are you doing? You didn't, you didn't take the wheel. You left the wheel. <laughs> Who are you letting drive? <laughs> this is how we feel sometimes. What are you doing? He was there. He was there when doctors told me that my son probably wouldn't live past the age of 10. But he was also there when, 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 when he healed my son at six years old of what doctors said was no cure. He's about to be 17. He was there. He was there. I don't know why it took four years for God to heal him. Just like Mary and Martha didn't know why Jesus waited two extra days when they said, if you came when we called you, this wouldn't happen. Don't tell me we can't relate to these characters in the scriptures. Sometimes we can. It's right there. Do we trust? Do we tr He was there already. He was there already. He knew this was going to be your last Sunday in this building. You need to understand. He knew. He knew that my pastor would go to be with the Lord in 2022 and that my old church's doors would close. He knew that I would pastor a work called Kingdom Legacy Worship Center. He knew because he goes before us. His presence goes before us. It is our responsibility to simply move when he moves. And that's all there is to it. God, you're moving, so I'm moving with you. I don't have to fear what's on the other side of this Jordan because you're going first. And whatever enemy is on the other side of this thing, they got to deal with you, not me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All right, I'm almost done. I'm almost done to pray. I'm ready to pray. I, I want to I do this. I want to do this. Because the word of God says that, that, that as, as the priest and the Levites who were carrying the presence of God stepped into the Jordan, it, it doesn't technically tell us how long they would have stood there before the, the waters started to divide. But can you just, but, but their, their, their focus wasn't on the water. Their focus was on, on carrying the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God. This is my priority. Not are you going to do the miracle. No, am I carrying your presence well is the priority. And they're standing in the space. And after a while, the Bible says that the waters begin to recede. But the Jordan flowed from the north to the south, which means that as the waters flowed, a big, great heap of, I mean, think about that, of water. If river stops flowing and it stops, that means it's just growing. It's a swell. And it's growing, and it's growing, and it's growing. So that everybody that's behind, there are people in this house who are called to carry the presence of God. So that other people can cross over. I need you to hear what I'm saying. Sometimes the way you carry God's presence is what makes it possible for your loved ones to get saved. I need you to hear what I'm saying. We, we get so focused on what's happening around us, though. Can, can you guys help me again, please? Would you just, just line up? Just line up right here. They're, they're, they're carrying the presence of God. And I, and I illustrated it this way. And then I want us to pray over the leaders in this. I feel like I, in between services, the Lord wanted me to just pray over the staff and the leadership and the ones that know they're called to carry God's presence. And that's this entire house. It, it, was, it was as the waters began to divide the, the children of Israel were able to walk and the Bible says that they walked on dry ground that's, a, that's another miracle that's another miracle it wasn't mud it wasn't quicksand and their focus was the presence of God they didn't go like hey that's my brother Jay hold up hold up bam 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 bam, bam, bam. I'll, 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 I'll tag you that's not what happened their focus, we do that though, and sometimes that's what stops the move of God. Did you want to hear what I'm saying? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to tag my name next to that Jesus showed up, but make sure you put the da 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 this church. He was at that church. Ah, stop that. Stop that. Stop that. It's his church, it's his bride. We're, we're called, man. I had a pastor tell me. I had a pastor tell me, remember, son. Remember, son. You are called to serve 
his bride. You ain't married to his bride. <laughs> that means you ain't mine. I'm here to serve the bride. And then he went on to tell me, he said, that's why in the Old Testament, it was usually eunuchs called to serve in a king or queen's house. Why? Because they lost, and I won't go into the details. I'll let your pastor explain that to you. The capacity for intimacy. Did you hear what I just said? They couldn't be intimate with the bride. And he said, son, you should be a eunuch. You can't become intimate. Then you start thinking it's yours. My responsibility isn't that. It's, Lord, I'm going to be right here carrying your presence, God. And every single, single bit of the people that you've called me to serve, may they be able to cross into places they wouldn't have been able to cross otherwise unless I had just stayed focused on your presence. Your presence is my priority. Your presence is my priority. He called the children of Israel to consecrate themselves. He wanted them to renew the fear of the Lord in the middle of who they were. And I'm talking to a house right now that I believe has been called to carry the presence of God in a city so that a city that hasn't even met you yet can start crossing over with you. But you have to be ready to say, God, I'm going after you. I'm going after you. Stand to your feet. If you're a leader in this house, you serve in any capacity if you're if you're on staff you're on the pastoral team can I ask you if if you're one of those ministers would you stand up front and if you're a leader just get behind them if you're a volunteer just let's just make a few layers real quick I want to I want to just declare this work of the Lord and I, I, I need you to hear something this is important this is important there's there's two people in a church there are the people that carry the presence of God, and I believe that, that really that's according to Scripture supposed to be all of us. And then there are people, but there are stages. There's a progression to this. Like Ezekiel said in 40s, chapter 47, sometimes we go ankle deep, and then we go knee deep, and then we go waist deep, and, and then we have to swim. And, and there's a progression, which means what? Sometimes God appoints people to carry His presence so that people can know where the presence of God is moving so that those people know who to follow. And that's just the way God works. So, man, if, if you're in this house, I'm going to ask the, lead, the people that are standing in this room, man, you need to be praying for these people. You need to be praying for these people. You need to be praying about becoming one of these people. You need to be praying about bringing some more of your people because it's time to cross over. And for some of you, that's going to mean salvation. That's going to mean deliverance in your families. Some of you are appointed to be the bloodline breaker in your family that stops generational curses with you. With you. You're crossing over. You're crossing over. I prophesy over this team right now. A holy focus. A holy focus. I prophesy and declare over you a holy focus that your focus will be the presence of God like it never has been before that when he moves you're going to move there will be a renewed fear of the Lord on the inside of you that will become your greatest delight you will start to discover a renewed hunger for the word of God and God is going to give you revelation God is going to minister to you he's going to show you how to minister to others with an anointing that empowers others to cross over, to cross over. Grace Avenue, get ready. Consecrate yourself. Consecrate yourself because your God is going before you and you're crossing over in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. stay in this moment. Father, you've done work in this place the last two and a half years. You opened the door. We became stewards of this place as we were stewards of the last place and the place before that. 
And while we're still searching for that house we did not build, the wells we didn't dig, vineyards we didn't plant, we'll stay focused on the work. We'll stay focused on the work. you a picture of what it feels like to pioneer something because some of you are called to to pioneer something but think about maybe old school movies where they talked about Vietnam where there would be a platoon and they would say who's got point and the guy who has point has to be the one that's in front and he has to watch he's the one that's going to take the first fire from the enemy right or think about somebody who's like a guide in a jungle and he's got a machete and he's got a line of people behind him so what he does is he has to cut or she has to cut the branches the vines the sticks so what's happening to him as he's cutting he's getting cut as he's slicing he's getting sliced and so some of you you you're called to be the point you're called to take the lead and so it shouldn't shock you when you get cut up it shouldn't shock you when you get sliced up it shouldn't shock you when you get beat up you feel like you're going through the jungle and there's bugs on you and you're getting bitten and everybody else behind you, you've cleared a path so that they can walk. And this is what these people have done for Grace Avenue. Them and many more. They've cut and cut and cut and they're sliced up and they've been beat up. They've dealt with attacks in their home, on their children, dealing with stuff in their finances and sickness and family to clear a path so that you and your family can be blessed. The Bible says to give honor to where honor is due, and I honor every person who serves in Grace Avenue, from the least to the greatest, whether you have a title or not. If you lift your hands to serve unto the Lord in this house, we honor you today in Jesus' name for paving a way so other people can be blessed, so they can worship, so they can gather. You've helped pave the way. You've helped pave the way. Father, we give you praise and glory for what you've done in this house over the last two and a half years. And as we move forward into this next season, still without a home, thank you that our home is with you, that we have your presence, and we take you with us. So, Father, we'll go where you lead. And I believe that, as it talks about in Acts, that every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved I believe this next season we're going to see addition like we have never seen we're going to see miracles like we've never seen every time we go to a new place God adds people some of you your marriages were restored in this place some of you your ministry was born in this place some of you you came to salvation in this place well guess what your story is going to be somebody else's story pretty soon So in this season, here's what we came. Open hands, open hearts. God, what are you doing? What do you want to do? You know, let's look at every Sunday that we're in this place, in this new place. Let's look at every Sunday with faith. We don't know who God's bringing in. If I could tell you just the last week and a half, some of the miraculous connections that have happened. Pastor Courtney, we were together on some of that. Just some of the the doors we walked through this week and some things that have been happening that are, of course, as God's timing is, always at the last minute for Grace Avenue. Never a year before, always two weeks out. And he just does that. There's something that he wants to do in this church to show you, hey, your plans are great, your strategies are great, your systems are great, but I'm running the show here. I am the head of the church. That's Jesus talking to us. And it's good to be reminded of that. It's good to be reminded that God's got it. Amen? God's got it in your life too. He's got it in your life too. Um, and, I, and I could say this, this is our last Sunday here. And, and I want our church to know this. And I didn't say this in the first service. And I've, I've never even talked about this. But this house has been a home to two other ministries while we've been here. One is, is Kingdom Legacy Worship Center. Where's Pastor Jake? There he is. So Pastor Jake was able to start. I just want, I want to say this because I want our church to understand we are not just here to be blessed. We're here to be a blessing. 
right? And so a lot of times when churches are allowing people into the building, it's because they need help with the rent. That's the God honest truth, okay? But we, we, you, your tithes and offerings supported this place so that for, I don't know how long you were here, a while though, <laughs> we're having services because he said, we're going to go start our ministry now and birth this church uh, in, a movie, uh, in a movie theater. I said, oh no, brother, I've done that for two and a half years. <laughs> Let me save you some pain. Come and use Grace Avenue on Sunday night. That's when he wanted Sunday nights. I said, it's yours. Here's the keys. If you mess it up, Pastor Henry's going to have a conversation with you, but it's yours. Here's the keys, right? And then also was Pastor Courtney with The Collective, a ministry that he leads that's very, very deep in his heart of what he feels he's called to do, him and Quinetta and his team. And, and we didn't charge either of these guys a dime because it's kingdom. It's kingdom. Why charge your brother when you can bless your brother? Amen. So I've never said that. I don't even know if our staff knows. We didn't charge it. I'm just telling our church that now, okay? Not to wave a banner, okay? But to let you know our heart for the city and for people and for ministries and for God's work. We want God's work to be done. We want God's work to be done. So we're talking tens of thousands of dollars that have been saved. Isn't that incredible? That they could put into the ministry God's given into them. Right? So when Pastor Jake said, hey, he doesn't just want you sitting here throwing money at, well, you can throw some money if you'd like because then we can bless other ministries. However, <laughs> we are blessed to be a blessing, amen? And so in two weeks, two weeks from now, we'll be having services again. Next Sunday, no service. No YouTube. What you can do is host the Lord at the table in your home. Host his presence. Take time with him. And then two weeks from now, on March 5th, we'll begin, we'll begin services at the Whitley Theological Center. Stay tuned to emails, social media. Come on, let's consecrate ourselves in two weeks. We're actually going to be on a campus. It's, it's, a, there's a, lot of, it's a Catholic school there. There's a whole lot of stuff. We're going to be crisscrossing with a lot of different people over this next season. Who knows what the Lord's going to do? He's opened this door. And we want to walk in holy and ready. Amen. So, Father, we commit this next season to you. We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for your hand on this place. While many churches were done in 2020 and 2021, Lord, you preserved Grace Avenue. You multiplied people in Grace Avenue. You continue to nurture and steward Grace Avenue. So, God, we thank you for the work that's not yet done and the work that will continue. We commit it to you, Lord God. Let your presence be with us as we go forward. In Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said, amen, amen, amen. Well, I pray that that word blessed you. If you'd like to know more about Grace Avenue Church or want to know more about how to be a part of what God has called us to here in the city of San Antonio, or if you'd like to sow financially into our vision and mission, please visit us online at graceavenuechurch.com. Thanks so much for listening. We hope to see you soon.